Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm Mark. And I'm Eric. And we're three best friends from high school who've spent the last 10 years in the film industry and realized that freelancing can be a lonely business. So we built the Video Community, a place where filmmakers on all parts of their journey can come together and empower each other's growth and success. In this episode, we interview up-and-coming filmmaker Aiden Minton. With Aiden, we discuss overcoming perfectionism, why you shouldn't compare your journey to anyone else's, no matter your experience level, and Aiden gives us the full story about how he became the content creator for Social House and went on tour with Ariana Grande. Welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored. Yeah, yeah it's nice to have another hometown hero on the Ambitious Filmmaker <laughs> Podcast. Another That's wild, yeah. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Westerville Central. Yeah, so we're all three yeah. Westerville North. Oh, gosh. All right. All right. <laughs> that's, still, that's awesome. Yeah. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Today, we have fellow, not just Ohio, but Westerville native, Aiden Minton. What's up, guys? How you doing? Yeah. Aiden, as we kind of said in the pre-roll, it's always good to have another... Uh, I called you a hometown hero earlier, and I'll, you know, I'll stick with that hometown <laughs> hero in the filmmaking business. Someone going after it from the old neighborhood. That's always really cool. We're happy to have you. And the first question we always ask our guests is the origin story. What got you into film? What put you on this journey? What led you to this career path? I didn't really even pick up a camera until probably my, my like end of senior, maybe end of junior year of high school. So it was kind of late. You know, I was a big athlete. So I, I was assuming I was going to go um, and play soccer in, in, in school, which I did. But that was kind of the route I was taking originally. One thing led to another. I, I just fell in love with it. Me and my friend, actually, who's also a, a Westerville Central native, uh, his name's Bradley. He and I kind of picked it up together. Every trip we went on, we were like, oh, we're going to make a video. You know, we like legit cliche travel videos. Sam Colder, Roy Kramer, I like was like, oh my God, these guys are like doing this for a living. Like that's what I want to do. Obviously started off, everything was like super cliche, you know, just really terrible, extremely shitty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hopefully I'll, I'll look at my videos today and think the same in a couple of years, but yeah, um, you know, and then, you know, that turned into like wanting to create more and just realizing people like kind of liked the videos. And then that kind of was, I think, very motivating. That kind of said like, oh, like we could actually do this. When I went to Capital, there was a kid that went to school there. He was the only one that I really knew that was in the industry. He made like soccer content, specifically just soccer content. Nice. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And that was like right up my alley. So I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. So I just helped him film a lot of stuff. And I think it was a huge, huge like pivotal point from going from like, oh, like this is just fun things I do with my friends to like, oh, like I really want to take this seriously. For sure. So, you know, actually Mark and I, we did a little digging and we saw that you were touring around with Ariana Grande for yeah actually a wild story the friend who i originally like picked up a camera with the soccer guy so when i was like making soccer content with him there was like a group of soccer influencers one of the kids that 
was like you know associated with him his name's parsa ara he originally did a lot of soccer content but i think he moved more into just film in general uh and i remember just like going through instagram stories one day and i, I and i saw he was backstage with social house and ariana grande just hanging out i was like dude what the heck this is insane <laughs> he was their original creative director and he was with them for the first two legs which was the first leg was in the u.s and then the second leg was in europe i was in new york shooting and i i was in between flights like had literally 15 minutes in between flights somehow in between I was in line for the next flight just made it in the line right before boarding I got like a, a DM from Parsa and it said I have an opportunity for you and I didn't think he was talking about me I thought he was talking about himself he's like I have an opportunity he said for the third leg and I was like dude that's awesome I love what you're doing he's like I want to bring you out the whole plane ride home was just <laughs> like oh my gosh what's about to happen it started it was about 25 shows I think is like around 30 they did a total of like 100 my last show was there like 105th show or something crazy wow, like geez. maybe even like 109th or something because of like Coachella but yeah it was insane it was the same show too like they did the same show 109 yeah. times so that, that experience was unreal seeing like behind the curtain just everything of that scale of how things go down was very humbling to be a part of and I was very honored and I'm sure you got a good chance to kind of hone your skills on the job. I mean, nothing nothing beats in the field training. Like, what were some of your biggest yeah. takeaways, like as a filmmaker and a creative, like going through this, let's be honest, this crazy adventure, this wild ride? Yeah, I wanted my work to really just always be the best it could be. But also, you know, they want things pushed out pretty quickly pretty quick yeah so that's that's like a like something that was very tricky for me because i'm a perfectionist but also i realized the value and you know output you're only going to be relevant if you continue to put things out that like challenge was very uh prominent on tour but also i think something i felt was very apparent was just that relationship with you and the artist you're documenting their life and you're trying to tell a story so the communication between you and the artist is crucial you're almost like directing them and and they're human beings too if it's like not their day you know they're, you're not going to shove a camera in their face and be like yo act excited as hell about what's going on you know <laughs> so like you kind of have to deal with that too and, and get creative around that and that was a big thing i think was was using the downtime a lot because we had a lot of downtime we'd have two three days we're not we don't have a show it's like okay well i'm in the city like i need to capture footage that i can use all right it's gonna get sunrise at the golden gate bridge so get up at 3 30 it's a 30 minute uber like you know did that the first day didn't get the shot so i had to do it the next day yeah <laughs> i think just managing time between editing and and shooting was a huge thing you know they'd want photos every single the next day as well really cool yeah like the the whole experience of being like the full package in one being your own producer director shooter editor all yeah that. the first edit i made so like i specifically worked with social house who opened up for ariana you know she obviously had netflix documenting the whole tour because she recently just released a netflix documentary and so there were a lot of camera guys around there and I, I remember one of the the guys had come up to me and said hey are you, you a social house's video guy and i was like yeah he's like Yo, that edit you made, you posted was so sick. And I was like, it was just cool nice. to get like affirmation from like, you know, the big guys, so to speak. It was cool feeling. It was cool. <clears throat> but being on that whole scene for like brand new is a little bit overwhelming to be, you know, that pressure to like put my best work out, but also know my yeah. place, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. What, what a cool like thing to be thrown into though. Like those are some really big lessons, especially the perfectionism side of things we talk about that all the time with other creatives and um that's such a thing that can hold all of us back from 
getting our content out. And it's cool that you were kind of thrown right into, into that yeah. in a professional setting. For sure. And that balance between wanting to make sure your work is perfect versus the massive need for consistent output. Would you say that along the ride, you kind of got used to silencing that inner critic, overcoming that need for perfectionism? Like, where do you stand on, on that now versus like when you hopped into that? Recently, I think I've shifted a little bit more. I think when life's moving like so fast and you're constantly getting content, it's hard to sit down and edit this masterpiece. So you have to almost give some stuff up and just let some stuff go. Like kill your darlings, they say in editing, I think. <laughs> it's almost better to just let go of the ego and push it out because more content will come. And there was a study done that like in an art class, if one half of the room makes as many clay pots as they can to make the perfect clay pot, and then one half of the room only makes one clay pot and tries to make it as perfect as they can, they found that the student, the side of the room that made the most clay pots as possible ended up making the best one because, you know, repetition and refining your craft as opposed to like literally looking at every detail and second guessing yourself thinking, okay, this needs to be perfect. If I mess up, then this is one shot I get. You should fail and learn from that. Yeah. And so that's something I think all creatives deal with. And I still deal with today. Like clearly I'm working on like, I have so many ideas all the time. And I'm like, I never actually get anything completely to the point of what I want it to be. But I think that's something you just have to learn with. And the more you do that, the more you will eventually get to that end goal of, oh, this is actually how I want it to be. I don't think that's ever going to go away, <laughs> honestly. I don't think <laughs> Can confirm. No. It doesn't. Yeah. No, you're just kind of stuck does. with it. But that's, I think, the tragedy of the artist, right? There's always that. Because it, no matter what you do, your work, your outputting, it's you. It's always going to exactly. be your you infusing all that stuff. And going down this path, it's taste versus skills. You have right. good taste, right? So it's like, you know, good quality content. You know what something really good looks like. So you're like, yeah. I'm going to build that. But right. then your skills and technique don't match your taste. Right. So that's the importance of these reps is yeah. that the more you put in the reps, the closer you match your yeah. good taste with exactly. your skill sets. And then once those are aligned, boom, yeah. great master works. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing, I think. Um, I want to uh, I want to take it back, though. You, you mentioned something that I, I think very interesting around time management, carving out the time to actually create that intentional time to focus. Have you found a good pattern or a good rhythm, especially being on the road to like time yeah. management in your editing? So I've always been a night owl. Ever since probably I picked up editing, it's just always nighttime for me. I just always more creative at night. On the road, yeah, that's how it was. Like, you know, the show's over, the crew would pack up, we'd get on the bus. Some people would just go right to sleep. After the, our show, I would download all the footage, you know, maybe we'd go out and watch the show. And then when we got on the bus, I'd immediately edit photos. If I got to it, maybe start video for like the week video or whatever. But yeah, I would be up literally all night editing photos. <laughs> I lost a lot of sleep, but definitely was worth it because we'd, we'd end up in the next city at like 6 a.m. If we had like a whole day of travel, I was blessed because that means I could actually sleep. Mostly, you know, I'd, I'd get done editing maybe 2, 3 a.m., go to sleep. We'd wake up in the next city, it'd be 6 a.m. I'd get up, so slept for three hours and then get all my shit out of the bus and then go into the hotel and then pass out again. So, you know, you can't really function in society with that. But for yeah. now, it works for you. Well, you know, you've got right. a exactly right. like that can sustain that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, honestly, I think the first step in productivity is to know when you're the most productive. Like, no, for me, it's first thing in the morning. I can clock out so much work between seven and noon if I just sit down and I lock in the time. 
if for you it's after 10 p.m. or 11 or even after midnight, that's yeah. when it's for you. And you know what? That probably will shift in time. You won't be 20 forever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. when you're 30, 10 p.m. might be 10 a.m. And that's just going to be as an yeah. artist, how you develop and how you and how you grow. And actually in right. that vein and being an artist and, and the growth as an artist, one thing that anyone who's putting out work does is it's the development of aesthetics. So when you were clocking out all these content, photos, videos, and I'm sure they had a particular style that they wanted, but how did that help in the development of your style? style what makes you unique your vision and how you see the art that you make with every project i want to have a little bit of my own spin on it of course because it's part of my work but also i think i have to respect the client and think you know whatever they want at the end of the day it's it's their video as much as i'd love to like use that as like a, oh it's my work it's, it's what they want so just compromising because if the client's happy then you know that's all that matters having such an opportunity that also comes with even just a fair amount of creative freedom really is a blessing as a young right. filmmaker and creative like an excuse and a reason and content to be creating constantly i mean what a great way to cut your teeth and sharpen those mm-hmm. skills and like i said earlier match the taste with with your your skill sets yeah. um honestly my hope for you is that as you go further down the path and you like really laser in like what is Aiden's aesthetic that that's what people are hiring you to make. They're hiring you right. because of your style. Like that's the style we want. We love how that looks. Yeah. What are some of your, uh, your future goals, you know, regarding like what type of clients you're going to be looking to work with? Um, once obviously all this COVID's completely gone and you can go out yeah. again on the road and travel a lot and all that. Are any of you guys familiar with the director uh, Gibson Hazard? In my opinion, he's probably the most talented. This kid is 22, maybe 23 years old. The concepts, I think I love how his stuff is just so unique and just like so different. So that's, I think I love that about him. And I kind of want to take that approach and just make things that like is not limited. It's possible to do, not just because like, oh, that's, dude, that's so hard. Like you can't do those visual effects or, you know, I I want to be able to, I don't want to be limited by skill like that's that's something that this kid you know especially being so young there's no limitations clearly like his work is just insane just another another guy that's that's definitely like pushing the needle i want to kind of be in that realm of like just being different um i have a long long way to go but that's kind of where i want to head heck Um, yeah man yeah and i think i'm like really revel and also like storytelling too that's a big thing because a lot of like you know these edits aren't really like i mean you can interpret a story but i think really putting and they're more so like emotion driven with like sound design and stuff. But I think really putting an actual story and concept behind every video would obviously move the needle way, way more forward. For sure. Well, I mean, I'd say you're off to a great start now. I mean, you've already had such a wild ride Thank you. at this point. I mean, and the best is yet to come. Hopefully, yes. Yes, sir. What's one piece of advice that you would give to young filmmakers or people who are looking to move into the filmmaking realm? Don't get discouraged. That's a big one because when you're just starting out, so easy to look at the best of the best and think, wow, I'll never get there. But they at one point were just like you. So it's possible. That's probably the biggest thing is like, if you just put in the time, make those edits, make those, like they might be really bad at first, 
but you have to make those things in order to get better. It's a process. Yeah. If I would have told myself when I first picked up a camera, like, Hey, Aiden, like in two years, you'll be on tour with Ariana Grande. I would probably <laughs> think you're insane. You know what I mean? Even looking back at my work during tour, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my work is so not refined and could be so much better. So you're going to get better with time. And you just need to give yourself that breathing room and confidence to know that you will get better. And it's possible to achieve great things like the best art today. It's just so easy to get down on yourself, you know, but think of this whole journey journey in relation it's all the beginning whenever you think about it like it's there's never an end anyways yeah. you know it's not like when I turn 25 it's like oh I, I have to accomplish all of this by then I mean that's good to set goals so that you have you know a time period but you're going to be 50 at one point so like <laughs> <laughs> if you keep going at a certain pace and look big scale things will eventually work out Thank you know you. maybe relieving a little bit of pressure and just having some confidence and faith don't get discouraged I like right, that. Yeah. So, well, Aiden, it's been good having you on. It's good Thank to you have so you. much for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. Where, uh, where can people find you? Aiden Minton, A-I-D-A-N-M-I-N-T-O-N. Uh, on Instagram, YouTube, same thing. TikTok, same thing. You know, <laughs> I have to money. say, you're the first person to give us their TikTok. <laughs> hey. I love that. Let's go. And you know what? Well, you, you take home the gold on that. 39 Let's episodes go. in. 40 episodes, whatever episode number we're on now. And that's how long it took to get a TikTok. Follow <laughs> this man's TikTok. Come Find on, guys. On TikTok. This man needs your love, help, that's and right. support. If you got a TikTok, give this man a follow. <laughs> Tell him we sent you. It won't do anything for you, but at least he'll know. <laughs> Aiden, awesome. it's been great. All of you out there, you all of you stay safe, and we will see you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ambitious Filmmaker. Have something you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search the video community. We'll see you next time. And remember, always be creating.